the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody? This is Jason Sobel from Golf Bet, and welcome to the new and improved Links and Locks podcast from the Action Network. It is 2022. Golf is back. Century Tournament of Champions this week. Starting next week, here on the Links and Locks pod, we'll be delivering two episodes a week all season long. On Tuesdays, we'll have our tournament deep dives covering all things betting, DFS, some luminaries from the betting world joining us every single week. And on Wednesdays, I'll be joined by my friend and writer, Ben Ever, a longtime PGA Tour writer and analyst for some short, quick-hitting best bets, giving all the outrights, top tens, matchups, three balls, sort of the nuts and bolts of what we're betting every single week. And, well, this is the Wednesday pod, and joining me for the first time on the pod, my good friend, Benny. Ben Everall, what's up, buddy? Thanks so much. I am oh, so psyched to be doing this with you this year. Mate, this is so good. I can't believe we finally got together and partnered on something. You know, we've always been out there on the course doing the best we can and, and having a lot of fun. And why not give those people out there something or some information they might not have otherwise? We'll have a lot of fun and uh, hopefully we'll uh, have a lot of success at the same time. You're at the Century Tournament of Champions. I'm only just a, a little bit jealous. I covered this one six or seven times in the past. And you're going to be at the Sony Open next week, I believe, as well. So give us a little insight. What's going on over there? What's the weather like? Beautiful weather. Great sun. It gets a little windy, but nothing to worry about. And as far as anyone's going out there, I mean, everyone looks good, mate. First week of the year, they've come off Christmas, <laughs> New Year. Everyone, everyone's feeling great. Everyone tells me how their new equipment that they've all been testing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's perfect. And uh, everything that they've been doing is really in sync. You know, no one's hit a bad shot yet in 2022, so they're all undefeated, right? Like I said, uh, this podcast is less about hitting long shots, less about looking at DFS plays or things like that. This is about actionable bets, things that we're trying to win this week and bets that we are truly, really making. So we'll give you an outright at the end, but let's start with some top fives. One guy that I didn't write up in my preview this week, just because I thought everyone's going to write him up. I mean, it's almost too obvious, but... The first bet that I made this week was Justin Thomas for a top five. Look, there is something to be said for players who play well on this golf course at this event every single year. And I think it's less about the course itself suiting a player's eye and more about the motivation and preparation to go out first week of January and have your best stuff. And that's exactly what Justin Thomas has done in the past. He's won this twice, has four top five finishes and six starts. I like that probability. I like those odds where he's finished in the top five 67% of the time, and he's plus 150 in most books to finish top five. That, to me, feels like a really good number to jump on. You know, as you said, winner in 17 and 20 at this course. Some unfinished uh, business with the place as well. He's a little uh, got some fire in the belly to do well here. When he won here the, the, the time before, he went to Sony, killed it there with the 59 and won again. He's always in a good mood at this time. He always wants to get started hot and, you know, there's a lot of good judges out there who think that he's going to have a bumper 22. It's a great, great decision to look at that top five. I, I can't see him finishing outside of it, actually, unless something goes horribly wrong. Um, but I also like Xander. Xander Shoffley, another guy who generally plays okay on this track. He's always sort of looking to start well. And he has a really busy schedule coming up. He's going to play almost every week uh, in, over the first few months. And so I know he wants to sort of come out of the blocks and get something on the board early to essentially give himself a bit of, cushion to you know um, come into some of those middle weeks where, with a little bit of fresher attitude so 
he's out there ready to rumble. And I think that, you know, he's one that could threaten to win, but also would value at 230 plus 230, you know, for the top five. Yeah, I like that one as well. Uh, hard not to like him. The other guy that I'm going to be mentioning a whole lot on this podcast throughout the next 12 months is Patrick Cantley. I know that sounds like recency bias. He won the FedEx Cup last year. He was player of the year. He went 3-0-1 at the Ryder Cup. I feel like, though, he's not maybe not a different player, but a different person. He just seems more comfortable in his own skin. And I think for all the analytics that we look at, for all the strokes, gain numbers, things like that, I think you have to look at a player being more comfortable, a player being uh, just sort of um, just being able to be himself in the spotlight a little bit more with all the pressure on him. I think that's going to serve Cantley really well moving forward. Hasn't played an official round in the 2021-22 season yet, but I do like him to have a top finish this week. All right, let's get some top tens. Uh, where are you going with some of these top tens? These are, uh, these are nice bets this week with only 38 guys in the field. Uh, essentially, they just have to finish top 25%. You don't have to beat that many guys for a top 10, and there are some pretty good numbers. Yeah, I like Kevin Nard, to be honest, mate. Sony Ooh. Open winner from last year. He's sensational uh, value there. I'm not necessarily going by what he's done here in the past. I just I just know he's really keen to do well next week as well, and he, so he's making sure that he comes here with the right frame of mind. He's had some bad luck in Hawaii in the past too with thumb injuries and other things which have skewed uh, some of his results, and it and 265 plus 265, as you said, in a small field, it's something that I like the, the, the look of. Outside of that, I go from my chalk, Aussie chalk, and I like Cam Smith, plus 130. It's pretty solid. Um, he's been hitting it well. Uh, he's been out there practicing with his good mate, Leash, the, the, the foursome, if you will, of the two caddies, Leash and, uh, and Smitty, the Zurich champions. They're just looking so relaxed, so you know, ready to rumble. And I think both of them will have big weeks. Yeah, for those listening who don't know you, Benny, that is not a fake <laughs> accent. Uh, I know it sounds, you know, maybe a little mix. There's a little California in there, maybe a little Chicago, but that is an Australian accent. So you've got uh, intimate knowledge of some of the Australian players. Look, uh, it's very important this week. From 2004 to 2010, they played this event seven times. Five of them were won by Australian players. Stuart Appleby, three. Jeff Ogilvy, two. So there's some history there. I've always thought the body clocks for those Australian players. Hey, it's midsummer for you guys. So just sort of the, <laughs> uh, the physiology of it for some players. I know that sounds a little strange, but I've always thought this sort of makes sense that Aussie players would play well. The wind is going to blow. Aussies usually play well in the wind. All right. One guy for low Australian this week, who would you go with? I'm going to go Leishman because he's the guy I think who can win the whole thing. He's mm. a wind player. He knows the elevation. He's ready to rumble, as I said, um, but it'll be a battle between him and Smitty, no doubt. Um, they're both ready to go. They both look good. And Leash has got his um, longtime coach from Victoria in Australia here this week, Dennis McDade. They haven't been able to work together very much over the last few years. And when they do, he always plays well out of the gate when that happens. He was in a slump, you know, 18 months ago because he didn't have Dennis. Dennis came next mm. week like top 10. So uh, I just really feel like he's flushing it. He's in a good headspace. Um yeah, he's definitely one to watch. Really good insight there. Okay, you talked me into Mark Leishman for a top 10. I'm going to throw him on the card. Initially, at the beginning of the week, my top 10 that I wrote up in the preview was Victor Hovland. As of right now, when we're recording this, he does not have clubs, which I believe makes it a little tougher to finish in the top 10. I know he's a good player, but it's tough to finish in the top 10 of an event when you don't have golf clubs to hit the ball with. So I am going to bypass Hovland and a guy that I feel like is is still not getting enough respect in the marketplace. Look, Sam Burns is now 10th in the world. 
this is not, well, this kid's pretty good. And I think he's going to have a good career someday. And I think he can maybe, you know, hang with the big boys a little bit. It's like, no, he is one of the big boys. He's ranked four yep. spots higher than Jordan Spieth. He's ranked higher than Brooks Kepka and Tony Finau and Hideki Matsuyama and Daniel Berger. I mean, th- this is a legitimate world-class player. Obviously, we know that he puts really well on Bermuda greens. They've got Bermuda out there this week, plus 125 for a top 10. If you go back and look, I believe he's been 21st or better in his last nine starts uh, against the shortened field. I I really like Sam Burns this week. Uh, You mentioned Leishman. I'll throw one more on the card. I don't want to give up my favorite outright yet. Of course, my favorite outright I would throw for a top 10 as well. I'll give you that at the end of the pod. But Tony Finau, I think, for a top 10. Makes a lot of sense this week, too. Uh, look at the top 20s real quick. I, I don't know. Are you chasing any of these, Ben? Obviously, the numbers aren't great for top 20s. Some books might not even give you top 20s in a 38-man field. So, you know, we're not going after John Rahm at minus 800. That's a silly bet. But <laughs> is there anybody out there close to even money where you look at it and you say, oh, that's pretty good? I uh, The one that I'll pick out here, Max Homa at minus 110. Plays really well early in the year, usually on the West Coast. I think this could be a good event for him. Uh, again. He's only got to beat 18 other guys to finish in the top 20. What about you? Anybody you're looking at? Oh, in that realm, you know, I was kind of looking at Sunjay M, the machine. He's very mm. rarely way out of the back, but it's minus 285. As you said, if you feel like that's worth it, you can have a crack. But um, long shots, I can only give you what I know from the guys I know well, and that would be like someone like Cameron Davis, plus 100, or even Matt Jones. Matt Jones at plus mm. 120. Now, he is another Australian who, guess what? Because we're close to it, close to Australia. The coach he hasn't seen in years, Gary Barter, is here working with him. They've been, you know, grinding in a way, but in a but also fresh. Um, Matt was very relaxed when I chatted to him yesterday, very comfortable being back here. Uh, might not have form on the board, but therefore doesn't come in with expectations. So if you are looking for a little bit of, you know, value there, that could be one. I meant to mention Matt Jones. I'm glad you did. I totally just, it slipped my mind. I had written him up. This week as well. Uh, look, remember, he won the Honda Classic in very windy conditions. We ex- expect some breezes this All week. striking plus, clinic that week. Yes. And plus, the only other time he played, usually experience matters at Kapalua. He played once and in his first start, finishing a share of 11th place. So he's a guy that's shown that he can play well there. Plays well at the Sony Open as well. So uh, I'm looking for him to have a nice two-week stretch. All right, let's get to... First round leader bets. I love first round leader bets. I mean, it's just so much fun to have a nice little it's a great lottery day sweat. I mean, uh, most of these were sweating over four days. Uh, I know we're used to betting football and betting some other games where, hey, three hours, boom, it's over. But in golf, we're used to these like half week kind of sweats. But Thursday feels like a little bit of a sprint <laughs> instead of a marathon. I- I've got two names that I'm looking at for first round leader. One, not a surprise. A lot of people on Jordan Speed this week. Uh, look, the the new daddy little baby bump, a little nappy factor. He's 20 to one to lead after the first round in four starts. He's got a couple of Thursday 66s and he obviously has played well on some Thursdays recently. And then if you want a total shot in the dark, look, I, I'm not recommending throwing the house on Phil Mickelson, but he hasn't played here in more than two decades. He's trying to win the pip. I, I know he says it's over. Other people say it's not over. I don't know, but what better way to get your name in the, uh, in the paper and on the internet than by throwing up a little 64 on Thursday. So why not fill it 55 to one? To me, it's a guy that you've already mentioned, Sam Burns. Mm. Um, he's sort of one of the earlier tea times, um, you know, the middle of the day, I should say. And if he beats the weather or any wind at starting at 11 in the morning, I think he can put up the number. 
whereas some of our bigger names that you would expect maybe to start hot may get afternoon trade wins. You know, and again, it's it's early, so I don't have the exact forecast that's going to hit us. Plus, it changes all the time here anyway. Um, but if the guys can get in early with a number, sometimes they can hold it. Um, so I'd like to I'd like to just sort of plump on him early. All right, let's get into some of these matchups here. I, I do like, by the way, that Sam Burns play. I, I pretty much like Sam Burns for everything all the time right now until he proves <laughs> us wrong that uh, I'm going to keep jumping on that Burns bandwagon. I, I want to point out before I get to some matchups I like, there is a Berger-Hovland matchup that is available <laughs> in certain books, Benny. Uh, neither one of them, as of the time we're recording this right now, have golf clubs. So I wonder, can this just be like, is it sort of like Vegas vacation, like pick a number? Heads or well, tails? Like, it's it's classic because as you sort of pointed out earlier when we were having an off-air chat, mate, is that there's no tour trucks here on the island. So mm. it's not like he can just go in and get some clubs made. His best bet is going down to the local store or the pro shop. And it might end up being if those two still don't have clubs tomorrow or the next day that it's a race between the two of them to get to the pro <laughs> shop and get the best rental set available. <laughs> I mean, look, it's a great resort. We love Kapalua. Golf of Kapalua is a great place. You should all get here and they have amazing rental sets. But Still, as I said, there's always one that's a little dinged up more than the other. So it'll come down to who runs there first. I love the idea of the two of them going in there, looking at each other, and then like racing over there, trying to grab it, get their hands on it before, you know, trying to tip the bad guy 20 bucks. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll give him 40 if he brings that bag over here. All right, let's get some matchups that are maybe actually actionable. I, you know what? I, I am going to fade Burger, whether he gets clubs or not. Uh, he is listed against Sam Burns. We just mentioned it, minus 110. I, I love yeah. Burns, like, like I said, in a lot of different formats. Again, I think this is a, an example of the marketplace not really identifying Burns as one of the world's top 10 players yet. Uh, I think that they're a little slow, and usually the markets aren't slow to get on some of these guys, but Sam Burns, minus 110 over Daniel Berger, clubs or not, I like that play. Uh, one guy that I'm fading this week, and I feel bad for saying this, Benny, he was on my Sirius XM PGA Tour radio show, hitting the green on Tuesday afternoon. He's a great dude. Uh, Harris English, defending champion. If you look back at his last four starts at the end of 2021, there was the alphabet soup of MC, WD, MC, and then yeah. a T14 in an 18-man field at the Hero World Challenge. Over the last handful of years, English has shown that when it's going well, it goes really well, as it did for most of last year. When it's not going well, it takes a while for him to get it back. And so I'm not looking at recent form very much for too many guys, but I am looking at the fact that he has not played his best golf over the last few months when he has gone out there and tried to give it a go. So uh, I'm looking at Tony Finau matched up against him, Mark Leishman, Taylor Gooch, take them all. Uh, I'm just full fade <laughs> Harris English. And if he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong, but I don't see him going back to back or anything close to it this week. It's so funny, mate, because uh, last year we were here and he was obviously in the mix throughout the whole thing. And, to be perfectly honest, just we were just waiting for it to fade away, mm. waiting for him not to be there at the end. And to his credit, he stuck in there and was was brilliant and got the job done and then had a big year. But you're absolutely right to think that, you know, guaranteeing that that's going to continue into the following year when he's had a poor finish uh, to 2021. And and he's one guy out there, if I'm honest, that I've seen like not look that comfortable grinding out there in his practice so far. So he may prove us all wrong, but you, you're probably spot on there. And but you mentioned the two guys that have been up against him, Leishman, Finau. Mate, I saw Leishman against Finau and Leish at like plus 115. I think that's like every Australian in the universe is going to get on that. Some sensational value right there in a matchup. And, you know, like you've already annoyed everyone in the betting world. The best kept secret there in golf is available. So you're right. Anywhere you can get Burns, take it. 
And people, I'm telling you, uh, Benny is the Australian whisperer. When he tells you there's an Aussie player, especially when you're at the event, which you are this week, of course, as I mentioned. But uh, when he tells you there's an Aussie player that he really likes and should play well, you might want to listen to that. He's usually right about it. So. I'm really sorry, Leash, if you end up like breaking a leg or something goes oh, wrong, no. if you do the Jeff Ogilvy when he was trying to win three in a row and he had his finger surfing, you know, <laughs> he was on the beach yesterday, Leash was there and he, in his own words, he said he was putting the, the whales to shame, but uh, <laughs> he, he's always been a bigger boy and he always plays well with that. I am on the record as saying, I, I don't like these props that are sort of, it's almost like pick a number or the coin does. Will there be an albatross this week? I, I don't <laughs> probably not. I don't know. Yes. Is 20 to one. Do you want to take a shot and sit around for four days and see one? I don't know. And we've mentioned, remember this guys, when you're looking at these props, there's only 38 players, right? So normally you have a million people trying to make an albatross. You've only got 38 guys over the four rounds, much less chance of these big things happening. To me, if you're going to go into one of those sort of bets, you might want to look at like winning margin or something like that. So, yeah. You know, there's it's plus 300 for a playoff. We've had a few of them here. We've had quite a few of them. Why don't we? Why don't we just? Why don't we run that up the flagpole and go. see if that sticks? I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I mentioned off the top this podcast that we're going to do every Wednesday is going to be more about actionable prop plays and matchups. But let's not forego a winner. So I, let's give a winner out there. I have a feeling, Benny, that you have mentioned your favorite outright <laughs> play at some point already in this podcast. Maybe at a few different points, but. Who are you going with as your favorite outright this week? Everyone out there, you can see why Jason's the professional in this. He's been able to tease this out the whole time and not give up his cards. He's a brilliant poker player. I'm going to go with Leishman, as we've said. I just uh, Everything's pointing towards it, and, and, and including uh, some in the inner circle who never go on record saying when they think he's looking good pre-tournament. Uh, I'm not going to give up the exact person who that is, but somebody very close to Mark Leishman telling me, I've never seen him look this good this early at this place. Like, I'll be stunned if he's not, has a huge week. Coaches in town, kids playing. He took his took Harvey, his soon-to-be 10-year-old, to play the plantation a few times already. He's another mm. prodigy, by the way. Look out for Harvey Leishman in the future. Everything points to him for me. All right. There's another matchup. Harvey Leishman over Charlie Woods at Plus Money this week. <laughs> by the way, uh, for everyone listening, that the last time I played Blackjack with Benny, uh, let's just say he had a hunch at one point when uh, the cards were going to be in our favor. And so he said, you know, now we might want to, bet a little bigger for some reason. And so we started betting a little bigger. I believe you and I were going like ace, ace, king, king, and <laughs> dealers going blackjack, blackjack. And full, I mean, full disclosure, my college job may have been dealing cards. Uh -huh. Maybe. Sometimes good bets lose too. So uh, this That's might right. be a good bet. My favorite outright this week. I, like Benny said, didn't mention him. Really like the number on Patrick Reed. Loves this golf course. Won back in 2015, has a couple of other runner-up finishes. I think the reason he's motivated, he prepares really well. He's not a guy that's going to come out and say, huh, I haven't touched a club in three weeks. We'll see what happens. You know he was out there grinding throughout the entire holiday break. He also was playing a lot of golf during the fall season. I remember at the end of last season, he had an illness, he had some injuries, and he came back, played seven events before the end of the year. And I think that he is very motivated to get back to a place where he can go make that U.S. team in the President's Cup again this year. I think he was feeling a little bit left out when the U.S. team was winning at Whistling Straits this past year, throwing the fact that he's a good win player, throwing the fact that there's a nice little Augusta national correlation to Kapalua. <laughs> the same players tend to play well on both of those courses, and there's a lot of reasons to like Patrick Reed. Foremost of among them might be the fact that he is 
28, 30, maybe even 35 to one in a few books out there. I think that's a really good number on a guy who's proven to be a world-class player. Maybe just didn't play quite up to his levels over the past year. Benny, this has been an absolute blast. I can't wait for the next 51 weeks of 2022 (laughs) to break down all this stuff. This has been great. Thanks so much, man. And uh, welcome to the team. Uh, My pleasure, mate. It's brilliant. I can't wait to do it again, as you said. And uh, we'll be still in Hawaii next week. So I'll give you another great view from there. (laughs) Uh, Thanks so much. Aloha. Mahalo. Have a great week out there. Just try. I I know you're working really hard. Try to enjoy Maui just a little bit this week. He's been Everell. I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks so much to everyone for listening to the Links and Locks podcast here on the Action Network. And remember, subscribe, download, rate us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Aloha and mahalo. 